The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. Well, it says we're live, so we must be. Uh, this is episode 108 of Mighty White's podcast. I'm Jack, as always, John back here, see? Hello. How are you doing, mate? All good? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Cool. Yeah, you doing having a bit more luck than the back of the Amelia's head? Um, yes. As much as I'm getting wardrobes in my uh, house soon, and that is a good thing, whereas the ball hitting Il Amelia and going in the goal is a bad thing. Ah, I see that you have been uh, reading up your coaching manual. I have, yes. Yeah. Because if it had mo- have just been worse at diving, like, yeah. that, that would not have gone in against me. Because I'd have still <laughs> been stood still in the middle of the goals. You might have stuck out an arm. Yeah, so, you know, I suppose it's his fault, really. Uh, we'll get... So it's, we, this was a bit frustrating. Wolves won, Leeds nil. Uh, we have played Wolves twice. Wolves have not created anything much in either game. And they've scored... I, I was going to say two of the flukiest goals you'll see all season. The one at Ellen Road was a bit lucky with the deflection and stuff, but it was nothing compared to this one. No. Um, it's frustrating that I don't. I know we're kind of jumping straight into the goal as well. It's frustrating that that um, Trare ended up scoring from that. But um, well, because he missed. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> he, he did hit the woodwork. Um, and outside of they, they had a couple of chances, but most of their shots were just Neto trying to hit it from twenty-five yards plus whenever he got the chance. Yeah, it, it has to be said he does love a long shot. Like Stuart Dallas levels of loves a long shot. I mean, he does. He, he did seem to strike it a bit better, and he was their biggest threat throughout. Uh, we'll talk about it sort of in sequence. Like the first half, as much as I don't think, like neither side created loads, but I do think Wolves probably slightly edged the first half. But then yeah. second half, we were we were a lot. Again, from open play, we didn't create loads, but we definitely created enough to have won this game. Yeah, we, we did a good job getting balls into the box, which obviously the, the number of chances Liam Cooper had is frustrating that it that one of those didn't go in. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The XG was 0.86 to 2.87, but just Liam Cooper on his own was 1.65. I think it's a bit like the Pascal Strout chances that he missed against Palace. You know, you d- I don't judge a centre-back based on their finishing ability. I, I, I wasn't going to knock a load of marks of him for his score out of 10 on the game or anything like that. But from those three, th- those three chances, one of them has to go in. Yeah, I mean, the, the first one, I think, is the one that goes straight at the keeper, isn't it? And As he's the second did, one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately. Um, but that did seem to be a, a very strange turn of events for us that we were a threat from corners for some reason. I don't know if it's the quality of ball Rafinha's been putting in or or what it is, but... That's the main thing I put it down to. Uh, having Pascal Strauch in there is helping because he does appear to be a bit more of a threat and a bit better at attacking the ball. Obviously, that helped against Palace and Arsenal. And I think that now teams have realised that, so they're paying more attention to him, which allowed Cooper to get free. But just the, the straight-up quality of set-piece. Like, in the first half, Rafinha put in a couple of good ones and then a couple of not-so-good ones. And then in the second half, he just consistently put in really good balls all the way through. He was actually a bit quieter than normal in open play, but he still... that That level of quality just really makes a difference and it shows that we really, if we could become even, we're never going to be the best team at set bases, but if we become a little bit of a threat at set bases, that could make a great difference. Yeah, it'd be nice to 
elite. You always kind of want that central defender that's going to get you three, four goals a season from corners from from head. I, I mean. I don't know if that's something that central defenders really do as much these days, certainly higher up the leagues or higher up the table, I suppose. Um, you know, I kind of think my, my ideal goal for a central defender now is, is Vincent Company, just twatting one in from 25 yards. Uh, or, or Liam Cooper's first one for us against Blackpool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, Matching one in from distance, that's what you want. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the thing with Rafinha is that even when he's not having a lot of joy, like you say, from open play, is that at least he's he's got that delivery on him that can still get the ball into dangerous areas. Yeah, uh, it was an it was an interesting game, Mister. Way it was set up. I mean, it was one of the, one of those rare times where we actually call something well on the podcast that Leeds will end up playing four four two in this game. But the 4-4-2 we ended up playing was a slightly different one to the way I expected it to be. Because I thought it'd be a 4-4-2, but sort of makeshift 4-4-2. But this was just pure 4-4-2. Like, exactly how you would tell a team of... I mean, the pressing... You know, obviously we, we have certain pressing patterns and things like that. But just, like, it was a straight-up two centimetres, four men out wide... Just it was it was all everything that you would normally have. Uh, Kevin O'Hare messaging us to say, "Oh, Ben White be Charlton." I didn't want to use yes. Ben White as an example because he's gone and he's dead to us now. Oh, he's not. He's did not. You see, did you see? Oh, the way he just hacked, did you see the way that he just hacked that ball up in the air against Palace? <laughs> that's that's not Ben White. That's some bloke with wearing Ben White's shirt. He would never have done that when he was at us. It's a different guy entirely. Although Ben White was very Leeds United in that he played for a team that got about 9xG against a team with 0.2 and lost 2-1. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was it was interesting. It was, it was quite nice as playing... I, 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 the obvious change being that Alioski dropped out, but we, we essentially played the back four that you, that you would have wanted with, with Ailing going back to right back strike back into the central defence. Because um, it, it looked strange, obviously, you still had Jamie Shackleton in there, who I, who I thought had a solid game. I, I, nothing particularly outstanding, but, I, but I, I, I thought for the most part, he kept things ticking over well. I thought, you know, kept the ball moving. His movement was decent. Um, you know, it, it's, it's always going to be tough to replace someone like Click, who, you know, on, on form... Is a fantastic midfielder and an, and an engine for us. Um, but the the only way Shackleton's going to get better at that is if he gets more game time. Yeah, definitely. Like I thought, Sha- I thought Shackleton did pretty well. Not outstanding, but pretty well. Uh, some of his link up play was good, especially with Ailing. I thought when he did come in, and they, but you know, they seemed to alternate well, dropping into that deeper role just to pick the ball up. Uh, it was it was really odd to see us playing in that role because you know for the most part it was the cent- one of the centre mids dropping in to try and start the playoff. But there was an interesting bit early on where in the build up Luke Ayling was moving from right back into that position to like kind of pick up the ball and have him start off the passing moves, which was quite interesting to see. Uh, I'm not sure whether he's quite whether he's got the passing range to do that really, but it was certainly interesting to see that be our starting position for it. And I think that it's interesting to see him moving inside because I think that's going to happen an awful lot this evening. But we'll uh, we'll we'll come on to that a bit more later on. Uh, obviously, we've talked about Shackleton. We've talked about how ridiculously unlucky the goal was. Liam Cooper missing chances. But uh, for Leeds, who, who was it that really stood out for you? Um, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I, on the, I think, it's, again, I think we've said this a couple of times in the last few weeks, I did think it was defensively the best game Liam Cooper's had this season. I thought, mm. he, was, he, thought he was brilliant. I thought his reading of, of passing and, and stepping up to make interceptions was brilliant. Um, unfortunately, I, th- I think it's one of those where you that 
a lot of that gets taken away when you don't put away those chances in in many people's eyes. But um, yeah, I thought him and I thought him and Stryker good games. It, it was nice having Dallas back in at left back who is and this not as a knock at Dallas is is a little bit less dynamic than Alioski in as much as Alioski's a bit mad and mm. prone to just bombing forward at, at you know at will. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I, th- I think, and I, th- I think I, I, I said to you at some point during the game, like I think Liam, Cooper, I think, I think if he'd taken one of these chances, Liam Cooper would be my man of the match, and I think by the end, I think he just was. Yeah, I think on the player ratings on through altogether, if I remember rightly, I did give it to Cooper in the end, uh, and I thought he was really good. I thought Strauch was. Looking back at the game, like in hindsight, I think Strauch may well have actually been just as good defensively. Uh, But in real time, I thought Cooper stood out more. Cooper made three or four really good standing tackles and stepped out really well to win the ball on a few occasions. So I think, I think he did a few a few more proactive things that make that stick out more to you in real time. Uh, But I thought they were both really good, and unfortunately, on the opposite end of the. Spectrum and obviously I, w- I wouldn't be dropping him or anything like that. Don't get me wrong, but I thought that uh, I thought Jack Harrison was really quiet. Yeah, this. I think the thing with him is his game is very much either him getting to the byline or working kind of in that corner around the penalty area, and that just wasn't an area of the field we got into that much. You know, outside of the. Outside of the corners, I think most of our crosses came from a bit deeper. Mm. Um, you know, in as much as, like, like we said earlier, Rafinha didn't have a whole lot of luck down down that right-hand side. Um, you know, it just wasn't a, a particularly good game for our wingers. Um, and, I, and I think you've got to put some of that down to, to Wolves. And, you know, I thought defensively, I thought Wolves were fairly solid if if not I mean I think on the whole I thought it was a fairly unspectacular performance from them as well but you know they kept themselves solid um, so yeah yeah they, they were pretty solid I mean that is one thing with them uh, other than that bit early in the season where I think I think Nuno got it in his head that, well, we've been here a few years now, we need to be a bit more expansive. And he tried switching to that 4 2 3 1 that they played for a little bit. Now that they've gone back to 3 4 3, they are very solid defensively. It's no coincidence that the last two seasons they've had such good defensive records. Uh, and, you know, they've got, they've got really solid base in midfield. They've got good centre backs that know the roles well, and they've got a good goalkeeper who. As always, when teams play against Leeds, had an absolute fucking world of a game. Yeah. Uh, but as much as it's weird to say when we lost 1-0 to an own goal from his goalkeeper, but it was nice that our goalkeeper, Alain Melier, bounced back well from that game against Arsenal because I thought he played well. Yeah, there was a couple of times that they got into the penalty area and forced a couple of good saves from him. Um, yeah, the two Semedo chances, he stayed on his feet well and like, Narrow the angle properly. Yeah, he and it is you know he, he, there clearly wasn't any effect to his confidence. I don't think he, he seemed happy coming out for crosses uh, and closing down. Mm. Um, yeah, which is good to see because it, I think after that first half, especially at his age, it wouldn't be the hardest thing in the world for a goalkeeper to kind of crumble under the weight of that for a little while. Yeah, it definitely would have been... I mean, we know full well what can happen to goalkeepers when it starts going wrong. We've uh, we've seen it enough at this point, but I think it's been well established, mostly by the square ball, that I believe the term is that Ilan Melier doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Uh, So it was uh, quite useful to see that 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 is still in there for him even when something has gone wrong. Uh, I thought that it was quite interesting, the subs that were made in this, because like, I thought Pablo Hernandez looked quite good without really being the most effective. 
but I think the reason that he looked good is they basically sat off him and let him have the ball in deep areas. And so long as he wasn't getting it in really key areas, they were okay with that. Which I think that's probably going to be his role going forward. I think we'll only really see Hernandez on the pitch when we're chasing a game. Yeah, I think I think at this point of his career, it's probably the most effective that he, in terms of his actual position on the field, is essentially playing Calvin Phillips' role, but without the defensive abilities that go with it. Mm. And just him getting the ball kind of in that, sort of between 25 yards and the halfway line and then trying to pick out those diagonals mm. um, with it and he'll obviously push a bit further up once he's made that once he's made those passes um, you know at, at this stage for him as well there, I still think there is and it's it's a strange thing to say at this stage of the season he's still I think getting a bit of a feel for being back in the Premier League because his, his minutes have been so sporadic Mm. Um, so I think he's still trying to find his feet a little bit and, and kind of gauge what he can do, and, and, it, and it's strange because he's not played a ho- you know a whole lot of football this season, and, and the opponents he's, he's kind of played against have been about as varied as they come. You know, it was playing against Liverpool, played you know played Leicester, then there's Newcastle, and then there's Wolves, and uh, there's a couple of other appearances in there. Um, if you if you wanted him to get there, he he would need a run in the team. But like, I don't know how effective he would be from the first minute in in a game at this level at this stage of his career. Yeah, there's some teams where it be, where he where I'd still quite like to see him start the games where we're really going to dominate. But it's just not the same as in the championship. But I, I still feel like we're going to get one more real game-winning performance from him before the season's out. The other two subs, obviously we saw Costa come on for Harrison. Uh, obviously it wasn't saying much because Harrison had a really off day. Costa didn't do loads, but he had that one really good chance later on, which was on his right foot. I got, there was a lot saying that it was like a shocking miss, and it wasn't, but it wasn't a great finish either. Like he didn't, no. he didn't strike it particularly great. No, I, th- I think he he's probably just not got it out of his feet as he would have liked to. But at that situation in the game, you've got to just take the chance there and then. And and like you say, he just doesn't doesn't make clean contact with it. Yeah, and then also later on, we took click off and brought Alioski on and moved Dallas into midfield. Which uh, I. This isn't the way I'd have done it. Alex Benison saying that playing four four two it would have been nice to have seen Gelhart over Roberts. I think Roberts did all right, to be honest. I thought I thought first half he looked livelier than he did in the second. Yeah. But, um, what, but what again, I was say, based on that comment though, is rather than bringing Alioski on with ten minutes left, that's when I'd have chucked, I would have chucked Gelhart on then. Yeah, I, yeah, I can say that for. For someone for someone like him who again the, the one advantage he has over a lot of the under twenty threes players is that he does have a decent bit of first team experience. You know, obviously not the Premier League, but you're comparing him to the likes of Casey Jenkins and, and Huggins who And he's also uh, used to playing in a vast empty stadium because he was at Wigan. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it and the thing is, especially at that stage of a game, what what have you got to lose chucking on a striker now? I know there's not many times Bielsa has ever used used the term in his career, I'll chuck on a striker. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know entirely what you, you kind of get from... I know I the, the move kind of puts Dallas in midfield, but I don't think having Alioski at left-back for the final... 10 minutes was it yeah well Jason Middleton's just commented here bearing in mind how much we need to strengthen throughout the squad over the next few windows would you give Alioski another deal call me a heartless bastard but I'd let him go now Uh, it sort of it depends on if we are getting a left back now I I like Alioski and I do think he's a useful squad player 
like I think that he would be I'm absolutely fine with us giving him another deal and him being in the squad but I don't think that he should like he shouldn't be starting more than five games next season unless there's an injury crisis which there will be because it's us but um, in terms of actual is he a Premier League quality footballer probably not yeah, you've definitely seen the limitations of of Alioski as a left back when, and it's probably been more so against the, the the bigger teams. But when he comes up against genuine quality wingers, he, he has struggled a bit. Um, and and the thing is, I I don't know. Dallas hasn't played there for a while, but for me, Dallas is still probably your first choice left back if you have your full strength midfield yeah uh, you know so for me even if we sign a, a backup centre mid for next season or you know a backup holding mid yeah that, uh, J- Jason's just come back actually saying an under 23 can start five games surely and that's the next thing I was going to say is I think Leif Davis and Niall Huggins are as good at, at least as good at left back already I don't even know if Leif Davis is left back anymore. No, he's a, he's a towering centre half now. He's had that growth. He's had that growth spurt up to like five foot nine. <laughs> so he's massive. Um, yeah, like, like I said, I think even if you get a backup set, you know, holding midfielder in, that then puts Dallas back in at left back and you know drops him out of the of the pecking order. And unfortunately. Um, I think at that point, you know, if Ali, if Alioski is perfectly happy being on the bench, then fine. You know, it's probably worth keeping him around. I dare say for him at this point in his career, he will be wanting to play more first-team football. Yeah, and I, at his age, this will be... This, in theory, should be his big contract. Uh, and if... Like we obviously it got mentioned a, a while ago, he was linked with Galatasaray. Now I don't know if that'll be the club it actually happens with or like that. But a league like the Turkish league, where you get paid relatively high wages and stuff like that, and he'd be and he'd probably play a lot. I could see a move like that happening. Versus um, Spa, yeah, guys, are Spa. <laughs> uh, it was a. I say it was it was a bit infuriating this defeat in a way, but not to the same level that it would be if we were fifth or if we were seventeenth. I, I have found it quite funny actually the reaction of a few Leeds fans online that uh, obviously Fulham uh, got the win against Sheffield United, which is at this point you'd have to say is pretty much consigned. Sheffield United to relegation at this point for, for the gap that's now been created between those two and has put Fulham in touching distance of Newcastle who are in very real danger of getting the fall into the relegation zone at this I, point I believe the technical term to describe Newcastle is that they are shite <laughs> <laughs> like they were really a poor side I, with a see, poor is- manager and an owner who doesn't care <laughs> I don't like. I'm still not sure about them being a par side. I think someone with any level of of tactical nous could get that team to thirteenth comfortably. Like that's. I'm not saying that Newcastle team is particularly good, but they're better than what they are at the moment. Mm. Well, that, I, I that's the like, main complaint of Newcastle fans, but they. The ones that I've spoke to, it seems to be that, look, yeah, there was loads of shite things that we didn't like about Pardew or that we didn't like even about Steve McLaren and all of that. But you could at least tell what they were trying to do, even if they were failing miserably. And then they had master tactician Rafa. Yeah. Um, yeah, what a move from Rafa Benitez to Steve Bruce in, in one... Slight hop, yeah. um, but I know, 
I know what you mean about the everyone being scared that we're getting dragged into it. Yeah, it was it was funny because and I had I did say to someone look that that was only Fulham's fourth win of the season. You know they they are winning. They've won one. They're winning one in every six games at the moment. We're just shy of winning half our games this season. Yeah, it's um, it's one of them. It's just because we've been burned before. Because truth be told, there's a there's a little voice in the back of my head that says it to me, going, "Oof, it's a bad result that." And now, you know, we basically until we're mathematically safe, that voice won't go away. But like I thought about, I in my head, our Christmas. Our form since Christmas isn't great because it's in my head. Mm. But, you know, the league table since Christmas were about ninth. That's yeah. fine. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that in the situation we're in. No, uh, and it's not just that we're... Like, number of points-wise, I can see it. But there's so many teams below us. And, like, two of them are so bad that they're gone it, already. And then, then there's Crystal Palace somewhere below us. Yeah, who, yeah, who, but who if Crystal Palace can, Yeah, but if Crystal Palace can win games with no chances, as they did yesterday. Yeah, I decided, I decided not to watch that one, strangely. Yes. Um, it, was, it was not great, the bit I saw. Uh, but I didn't see much of it, truth be told, because I was dropping asleep. As uh, the people who are watching the video of this, uh, which will be most people because, you know, the game's straight after this, so the audio will be out after the game probably. Uh, but, yeah, if you're wondering why my eyes look like this, I've just come off nights and my body clock has not got sorted. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm just tired generally. Yeah, well, you're just really old, you know. But those couple of months you've got on me... That's where the, that's where the key is. Really taking their toll. No, yeah. uh, but no, like, I'm not worried about us getting dragged into it now. It is possible, and there will be a nagging voice in the back of my head until we get a couple more wins. But realistically, I think that we, I think we have more chance of getting in Europe than we do of going down. Now, I don't think for a second we're going to get in Europe either, but I, I think that's more likely. I'd say the only thing I'm really not looking forward to now this season is when we next play Man City. Because that feels like it could be terrifying. Uh, I'm not terrified about Man City at all. Because if we get beat, if we get beat 5 0 at Man City, fine. Don't. I'll tell you what, I would snap your hand off at 5 now. You know, it, w- it wouldn't worry me in the slightest. Uh, I'd, I'd be more worried about this evening's game. But before we get into that, though. It's just worth bringing up because it seems to have come all over Twitter. That's badly phrased. Seems to have appeared all over Twitter uh, in the last sort of couple of hours. Uh, Lucas Vazquez from Real Madrid. Apparently his contract's up at the end of the season. Uh, and Leeds have been linked with him in the Spanish press. Wages of like 80-odd grand a week, apparently. Uh, he's turned down a new deal at Real Madrid because he's been playing quite a lot. They've offered him a new deal on the same wage, which isn't that... Apparently, for Real Madrid, is not a particularly high wage. Uh, and there's like us, Everton, AC Milan and Napoli are the teams interested, apparently. And apparently, uh, Bielsa's had him on his list for quite a while. Obviously, I don't know if it's right, but it's just come, it's just uh, been out there. And in theory, a player like him, another winger that can play on both sides with a lot of quality and he can play as a full-back, which is played... He's played quite a lot of this season. He also comes from a place, a Spanish town called Curtis, which is just a strange name for a Spanish town. Yeah, that is a that is certainly <laughs> something that I didn't take into account. We must sign him. No, I, it's just quite. I mean, he big in big amongst his honours is uh, winning the Segunda Division B with Castilla. Uh, is it two La Ligas, two Copa del Reyes, three Champions Leagues, two Super Cups, and three, three Champions Club. Leagues? No, yep. no, we're not having him. We've had one of them from Real Madrid. <laughs> I, I would hazard a guess that this this guy might have had a chance of actually playing in one of them, though. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how many caps he's got, but he has got Spain caps. Uh, nine. He has nine, nine caps. 
Oh, that is as of the 20th of June 2018. So I'm assuming he just hasn't played for Spain since then. Yeah. Um, he's also got three Club World Cups for whatever that means. Whatever it's worth. Yeah, well, you know, that's the biggest club tournament in the world because that means you're champions of the world. That's what that's what that means. Uh, we all take it super seriously. It's a weird one with Vasquez because obviously, I mean, I have seen him play and I've went, I remember him as looking pretty good when I've seen him, but truth be told, I haven't watched a lot of Spanish football for the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really know how his form's been. I mean, he's been playing well enough to play quite a lot of football for Real Madrid, so he can't have been playing terribly. But, you know, I I don't know, comparative wages-wise, whether some, bringing him on in for 80 or grand a week would be the right investment, but... It's one of them where I'd have to leave that to people who've seen more of it than me. Yeah, just just kind of going purely off his age because he's twenty nine now. That when's his? This is a good thing about Wikipedia. So he will be. That's a couple of years older than I thought he was. uh, And by the time his his birthday is actually on the first of July, so if he were to sign, he would turn thirty the day he signs. Right. And you'd imagine free transfer they're going to be looking for a minimum two year contract preferably a three yeah uh, something to yeah. think about is yeah that not is, for me I, as I say I thought in my head he was like 27 so that 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 does mean something it does make it a bit more of a risk if you're signing someone at that age even though it's only a couple of years difference, it means that it's basically the difference between a decent resale value and almost none. Well, that's it. If, you, if you've got, let, let's say it's a two-year contract, you know, by the time, if we go a year and essentially say, nah, he's not up to it, at 31, you've then got a player who isn't going to be playing on high wages and you're not going to be able to afford just to tear up the contract. And realistically, you would just be looking to get rid of them on a free just to have someone pick up the wages. Yeah. So I'm saying, no, don't let him in now. So that that's our, we'll take that as our official position, but we're <laughs> going to say no, even though I, you know, he is a, high-profile, fairly good player, so you never know. There was yeah, one yes, one. but Brexit means Brexit, so yeah. English players only, please. Cool. Uh, <laughs> well, speaking of English players, I don't actually know his English, but I'm just going to go with it. Uh, there was one other link earlier today, a 16-year-old winger, Ajani Birchall. Apparently he's turned down like his scholarship terms at Bournemouth, and like he was... I think he came off the bench for them in like December to be like their youngest player ever or something. Uh, I've never seen him, but it was it was linked earlier. Admittedly, it's Football Insider, which is not the best. But the, of the things that they talk about generally, youth transfers are the thing they're best at. Uh, but that could also just be he's turned down those terms because he wants better terms. And his agent's getting his name out there just in case. Like that, um, his name's gone, but that kid from Crystal Palace that was quite strongly linked with us and everyone else and then just re-signed at Palace. Yeah, it would have been nice to have Joel Ward, but... Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, that 400 grand, mate. Yeah. Um, Although, I suppose, to give the club the credit, 400 grand for him, yeah. But that's double what we paid for Luke Ayling. <laughs> basically been ripped off here. Eh? Yeah. Um, no, d- promising sixteen-year-old sounds like a good investment. I, he, he must be okay if he's at least making appearances for the first team. Yeah, I mean, I just had a quick look, and it's just every you know, with Arsenal interest, West Ham interest, it's just every, it's being shipped around everywhere by the looks of it, so. We do. Right, don't, you don't want to go to West Ham. They're going down this season. Yeah, we we were absolutely nailed on that they're they're going to be yeah. shite this season. Should should also probably mention while we're talking about Bournemouth that uh, Johnny Woodgate is their manager for the rest of the season now. Yeah, Fat Frank must have not fancied it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm quite glad for him because it, 
at least it'll be a chance for him to coach a team that is built to play some football. Yeah, because that was his problem. I mean, they gave him that. They gave him the job at Bowen. It was right. We need you to. We want you to play good passing, attacking football. Oh, who built this squad, Pulis? <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to take over this squad, Neil Warnock? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, they must have. As much I know, they brought him in as a coach and stuff, but this must be. They got turned down by whoever they were planning on giving it to. Because it doesn't mm. really make sense. But I hope he, I hope he does well. It's like, it's like that, or it's the O'Leary thing of them just of them just going. I know we want Martin O'Neill, but he's doing all right here. And also, Martin O'Neill doesn't want the job, but and they've done Martin that. Bit. Said no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so on to well, in about an hour and a half. Uh, Southampton at home uh, weirdly it's weird at this stage of season when we've played so many games but we haven't played them yet this season because this yeah, got a while ago uh, we've already had one prediction sent in actually from Knuckles 2-1 uh, to Leeds I can feel it well that is more logic than I often put into my predictions and like I've been negative and positive now and we've lost them both so I don't know what to do uh, this I think could be an odd one because this formation that Southampton play under Hasenhall, it's like a four triple two almost. Like it's not wingers; they really come inside. And I think that that means you're going to have Leeds in odd shape because they'll have two strikers, so Leeds are going to play three at the back. And with them coming in field so much, I think Leeds are sort of going to end up playing three four three with a flat midfield because they'll have Adam it'll probably be Adams and Ings I would have thought up top so Leeds will have three centre-backs up against them out wide they'll have Armstrong and Takumi Minamino and they'll be coming inside all the time so our wing-backs will be wide and following them that leaves just straight up two centre-mids so we'll probably the actual centre-mids will probably be doing a similar job to the way that we played against Wolves and then you'll be left with three up top against the back four. But I don't think I've ever. I don't think we've ever actually played that. We've played three three one three, but I don't think this will be that because Romeo and Ward Prowse. It's not like one of them's a holding mid and one's an attacking mid. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out in my head. I suppose you'd end up with the front three of. Of Bamford, Rafinha, and, and Harrison. I think that they might end up way up the pitch, but quite isolated at times from the mm. rest of the team, just because of the way we play. It'll be an odd one. Like basically, my first thought is: if they're playing that formation, is it Roberts out, Urente in? I don't want to see that. Just because, because you're scared he'll get broken. Yeah, he, he's still like the man needs like just just let him play in the under twenty threes for twenty minutes or part forty five <laughs> minutes for a few weeks. Let, let's get let's get him through that stage first. Um, what would know, say so, because if, if you don't make that change, you've got Ailing right centre back, Shackleton right wing back, in all likelihood. And Tyler Roberts as sort of a relatively deep out and out centre mid. Yeah, it wouldn't. It, it wouldn't shock me if we ended up going with um, almost like an asymmetrical three up top and having, and maybe keeping Roberts and Bamford as your central, and then kind of having Rafinha as a as your wide man and Harrison just playing a bit deeper. Um, mm. Nothing surprises me at this point with Bielsa though. And it's all just magical. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I've, I just went, oh, I'll just flick through Twitter and on there was a All Stats Aren't We tweet, uh, which weirdly is them talking about how it'll probably be a bit like a 3-4-3, which, you know, that bodes well because they 
tend to look into stuff in more detail than I do. But they're also, they've just put it, if Shackleton is out. Now, I haven't heard anything, but maybe there's some doubts over his fitness then. I, I, I've seen the same tweet as well and did a cursory search of Twitter for Shackleton and there was nothing about him being injured. I've not seen anything from right. Adam Pope or Phil Hay or, or anyone like that unless I've, unless I've missed something. Yeah, because that probably would mean... Well, actually, I was going to say that that might well mean Roberts keeping his place. It could mean that, but it could also mean Alioski coming in to be left wing back and Dallas moving into midfield as well. If it is going to end up as a 3-4-3. I must admit, this I'm not sure, sure, I, This is one of them games where I can't get my head around how it's going to go. Because we press constantly and always go after a ball and keep going and it's constant pressure. And they do the exact same thing. In a different shape, but it's all gag and press, go, go, go. So, this is one of those weird games where I think this could be over after 10 minutes. And it could be in either direction. His body's strewn everywhere. Yeah, like, it's weird because I think, what, haven't they lost, they've, Southampton have lost six in a row now. They lost six in a row and then drew, and then drew with Chelsea. Didn't they at the at the oh, weekend? Yeah. Oh yeah, they did get a draw against because Chelsea. because the, that. because the six defeats in a row is their all time worst record. Jesus, he's and Che Adams hasn't scored forever and was linked with us. He's so gonna score this. <laughs> it, yeah, I. It's weird because I've when I when I see them lose all them games, I don't suddenly think, oh, they're a poor side. Nor do I think, oh. Well, maybe Hassan Huttle's not that good. I really rate Hassan Huttle, and I think Southampton are a good side. No, and I can't remember if we said it here or if we said it on, on Stand Your Ground. Well, I think for someone who has lost two games by nine goals, mm. I still rate him quite highly as a manager. Yeah. Because that doesn't happen that often. I know you can come up against some good teams, but that it's a lot to concede that many. Because mm. the other thing was, I think they said it over those six games they conceded twenty goals, and you're just thinking, God, nearly half of those were in one. Yeah, um, if you see, because if uh, I was thinking that Juventus might come in because it just allows Ailing to keep his position wide and probably go. And then Juventus on the right, and then whichever way around they would prefer to have Strauch and Cooper. Yeah. It it doesn't really matter which. But if Aileen plays centre-back, and then Strauch and Cooper, if Shackleton is missing, then you could end up Dallas right, Alioski left. And if Dallas and Rafinha are on the same side... I'd be quite interested to see how they'd link up together. Because I think going yeah. forward, that could work really well. Yeah. The, the only other thing I'm, tr- I'm trying to think would be if you potentially have Bamford as, as, as your striker and then Roberts and Rafinha playing sort of as two tens behind him in a more central role. You, you, you could in theory, but they'd just have to go wide anyway because they'd have to man-mark. Yeah. And, and uh, is Walker-Peters fit, do we know? Uh, I could not tell you. Well, Walker-Peters or whoever's playing right back. Um, that could be quite an... They'd get dragged wide anyway, so it wouldn't really matter. When we play free, when we play free at the back, there is part of me thinks, I'm sure that Harrison at left wing back would work. But I I think so to be honest. Mm. He, he's um, he's certainly got he's got the sense for for tracking back enough. And I mean, again, he doesn't have the actually no, he, he does have the legs that Alioski does, and probably then some as well. Yeah. Um, you know, he has, and, and, and we've said before, he's been, at times he has been left to to run the left hand side by himself while we've while we've overloaded it on the right. So, yeah. you know that that could be another way of doing it and having and, and as a way to keep 
Roberts in there and, and perhaps have him as a an inside forward on the on the left or something. Yeah. Jason Middleton just sent the message. Southampton's last ten games scored five, conceded twenty one, bottom of the form table. God, we're definitely getting beat then, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, it's one nil, it's one nil defeat right now all over it. Yeah, um Yeah, it's a, it's a really odd game, this. I can't I, I properly in my head I cannot figure out the balance, like as much as we got beat by Wolves, in terms of amount of ball and stuff, it, it sort of was how you'd expect it to be. This one, I've no idea how it's going to be. And the the other thing that I'm terrified of, obviously, we mentioned how much better we looked at set pieces because of Rafinha's delivery. But uh, in terms of if you're having someone on set pieces, I don't think there's anyone better in the league than James Ward-Prowse. Hmm. And, and Vestergaard's not bad with uh, on running onto a corner either. No, Vestergaard's really good in the air. He'll be quite interesting, actually, because if they're Vestergaard and Bednarek, which is what I'm assuming will be their central defensive partnership, this might be one of the games where we struggle with a centre-back bringing the ball out because both of them are quite technically good. Like Vestergaard, I didn't think was going to be because I stereotyped him as a big lump of a centre-half when I first saw him but yeah. he's, he's really good on the ball and, um, and you're now worried he might be one of those central defenders that jogs in a straight line down the middle of our team yeah and we go oh god what do we do what do we do what do we do <laughs> <laughs> oh god we're all following our men and he's still going yeah I mean at least he can't run so if he does get away Bamford will probably be at chasing back unlike if it's someone who's all so quick and then we're in real trouble uh so yeah, it'll be an interesting one. I, I think if everyone's if everyone was fit, and if everyone's as fit as Bielsa said, I think that because because of, of man v man and the way that we play, I think we will end up three four three. And I probably would bring in Uente for Roberts in that situation. But that that rumor of Shackleton not being fit is an interest. I really hope he is because every time he finally gets a chance to prove what he can do. He gets injured. Yeah, it's such a, like if he wouldn't have got injured the season because it was when Forshaw got injured, wasn't it? He was ready to come in, and he was going to be starting in midfield week in week out, and he got injured then. And he's never had that run of games, and this it's was it. a real chance for him. It's the curse of Bielsa, to be honest. Happened mm. to Nketiah, happened to Jamal Blackman. Mm. Happened to Jean Kevin Augustin, who has been dumped into Nantes reserves today. If in case you haven't seen it, yeah, I did see that. Poor man, he's a he's had a rough year in a bit. Yeah, he'll get back to fitness one day. One day. Yeah, um, uh, Baron Cross, who is obviously a journalist covering Leeds for Leeds Life. Uh, players have arrived: Gelhart, Huggins, Cresswell, Casey, Jenkins, all there. So we're going to have the same young <laughs> Especially bench. Especially the full under twenty three team that's on the bench. Then yeah, we're going to have that same young bench again. Uh, and <laughs> Brad Carrot saying it happened to Bogarts as well. I'm not sure that it was the injuries that did that. I just don't think Bielsa fancies him. <laughs> Bielsa's wrong. We all know. We played football manager. Yeah, we all know, we all know because if there's one thing that apparently is my type, it's an 18 year old Polish lad. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> and if I can take three kicks, that just makes it even better. He can take three kicks and break from midfield. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, let's go on then. I'll I'll I'll, I'll chuck a prediction in there before you even ask me. Um, yeah, well, that is what I was going to say next. So. I know we're just that close. I can read your mind, baby. I mean, Jack. <laughs> um, I've, I'm going to stay confident. They're, they're, I know they should have been hammered by Chelsea, realistically. like If Chelsea would have had any, any of their shooting boots on, yeah. they could have had four or five, really, from that game. They have not been playing well. Um. I don't know, normally this is the tee up for you to go to say we lose 1 0. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to say we win 2 0. I think this will be quite high scoring. They, I, I, I don't think they're 
good enough defensively to cope with us. And we're not as good defensively when we're in the when we're playing three at the back, which we definitely will be. I also Minamino against now that 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 Shaq rumor. I've just got a feeling it's right based on the way that it's being said. Which means we're probably playing Alioski and Minamino versus Alioski. I don't fancy him. I will. I will say it's a hell of a goal from him against Chelsea. Yeah, he's he's really he well. He looked really good when he was at Salzburg, and they got him for like eight million because of that release clause. And he's never really got that run in the team. And when he has, he hasn't stood out. I think that maybe it was too big a leap all at once. No, and the other thing is like all of your performances, however good they are, they you know that Liverpool front three even this season out of all the injuries they've had stayed relatively injury free by comparison and every every comparison you're going to get is either Salah Mane or Firmino and that's a genuinely world class front three yeah so even if you so (laughs) (laughs) so if you if you if you, you can have a very good game and it's still going to come back at, well, you're not quite in that class though, are you? No, and of course, it is the best move for him because we have seen over the years the best way to get in the Liverpool side is to play well for Southampton. Yeah. it's That's how you do it. Uh, so, But I must admit, I am, I am definitely worried about him tonight. Uh, and Chadams. And if Danny Ings gets a chance, he's liable to take it because he's a really good finisher. So I'm, I'm going to say two all. I'm just waiting for Bielsa to pull out his, his Neil Warnock masterstroke and just Adam Forshaw's back tonight. <laughs> now, we're switching to... We're going to a back three, so Berardi's in the side. God. <laughs> just uh, put all the injured lads back in. Yeah. Just, the, you know, even though their match sharpness is, like, well, I was going to say like 60%, but on the new FM, it's not even that, is it? It's like a frowny face. It's, it's, <laughs> why is it a, a down a down red thumb when you're on the when you're on the tactics page or whatever? Yeah. Jesus. Right. Um, well, the team news will be out soon, so it's a good time for us to get out of the way before we're proved wrong live. I'd rather be proved wrong slightly after the fact. Yeah. We'll tell uh, so you in ten minutes if all, if this was all a waste of time. Yeah, if we were all long, you know, I, we've I've said Leeds are going to play a three four three tonight, so just wait for us to be playing something completely different. <laughs> uh, that'll be us for episode hundred eight at Mighty White's podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter at Mighty White's Pod, which is where some of you are probably watching now. Uh, we're at MightyWhitesPodcast.com. The stuff we write goes up on through it all together, which is at thru it's all lufc on Twitter and through it all together dot uh, I don't believe that there is anything else to do. So I've been Jack. See you. Uh, I've been Casey. Have a good one. In a bit. <laughs> <laughs>